We are approaching our coordinates, Captain. Yes, a lovely planet called Earth. Earth? Let's pick our human names, Gebular. Okay. I will be... Shorty. And I will be... Jadzia. Of course you would be. I like Jadzia. I think she's pretty. Come on, let's land. Yay. Strange planet. Look over there, an Earthling. Perhaps we could talk to it. Let us try. Take us to your Rico. I don't think he understands you. I said, Earthling, take us to your Rico. I still don't think he understands you. Perhaps we can get his attention. Hey, Earthling! Take us to your Rico! You know, Treks in Sci-Fi, the podcast we listen every week. I still do not think he understands you. These creatures are very funny, Earthlings. They are very furry. Very furry. Treks in Sci-Fi. Well, hello, everyone. And yes, this is Rico from the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. And this is going to be podcast number 144 for October 21st, 2007. That uh, very cool intro was brought to us uh, by uh, the Moyers, uh, who appear to be aliens, I guess, now. So thanks a lot, guys. Uh, really appreciate that. Great job there. They've sent a couple others along, so look for those in future uh, episodes coming up. Well, this week I'm going to look at the uh, TNG episode... Sins of the Father. Uh, that's a, a pretty classic Worf episode from season three. That it's it really leads into a lot of things with the Klingons and Worf over the years in Next Generation. That I think it's good to uh, get started on and, and delve into. So that's going to be the episode I'm going to be looking at. Going to probably do uh, yeah, I'm going to do a full uh, episode commentary. Have it running in the background and chat as it goes. So that's what's coming up. Got a collectible, some other audio from a few people, and and things like uh, the usual stuff. So stand by. Here we go. Transfer complete. Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Again, welcome to the show, everyone. Treks in Sci-Fi is starting now. Well, actually, it has started. So, welcome to the show uh, this week, everyone. Uh, if you're new, welcome. If you've listened for a long time, welcome as well. This uh, week, like I said, we're going to be looking at TNG primarily. That'll be the the big chunk of the show. 
I've got a uh, cool collectible, uh, something I was surprised I haven't covered that I've owned for the past few years. And uh, I think it's uh, it, it'll be uh, a good fit for it because it's sort of a TNG replica prop, uh, kind of a unique item. So that's coming up later in the show as well. A few announcements to uh, to get us off and get us started here. Uh, I've, uh, I'm still continuing to update the gallery on the website at treksinsci-fi.com. Uh, again, that's the main website I'm trying to use right now. The treksf.com will redirect to treksinsci-fi.com. So they're both uh, still fine to type in and get to the uh, the main page. But uh, that's uh, I'm trying to kind of shift over, like I've been saying the past couple of weeks, to treksinsci-fi.com as the URL. But I'll be keeping treksf as well. The other thing I wanted to mention is I've got a new podcast idea, and I'm not going to talk too much about that this week because it's still uh, sort of in the early planning stages. But I have a new domain that uh, I'm going to sort of do a little uh, kind of a ongoing sort of little diary, a blog, uh, well, a podcast that won't be just sci-fi, but kind of what's going on with me. Uh, probably come out once a week or so once I get it rolling. Uh, the website and name for the show will be or is atticofmymind.com. That's all one word. If you type it in atticofmymind.com, you'll get to the uh, you know the early stages of the blog that I've started there, and that's where all the postings for the podcast will be. It's going to be very simple, short little shows. Uh, just kind of things that are going on with me, talking about uh, you know different events. I might slide a video in as well once in a while. Try to keep it kind of interesting. And this podcast is also going to be done uh, sort of on the road sometimes, uh, in my car, at work, uh, out at lunch, in the movie theater, who knows where. So uh, I've just been trying to you know work out something that I can do that's a little non-sci-fi non-trek uh to get out some other things to the uh to the internet so uh we'll see how it works out Uh, a couple other things uh everyone who ordered a t-shirt they should either be in your hands by now or or very soon you should receive them everyone that did order a a shirt of the last t-shirt run uh, they were all shipped out last monday uh october 15th so i'd be surprised uh couple people uh were in canada those might have taken a little longer to get to you but uh i think most people have gotten them by now i hope everyone's happy with them like i said i think they came out pretty good and i was happy with uh the way it all turned out again probably do another run of shirts sometime uh maybe in the early part of 2008 or in the spring sometime in that time frame Uh, and so look for that if you missed out this time well, again, uh, the, our little puppy Kaylee got me up pretty early again this weekend, uh, so I'm a little tired. Just got a little Coke Zero here to drink, not Gatorade this morning. Uh, I, I'm not really much of a, a diet uh, soda drinker, but uh, this was handy and it was cold, so I've got a Coke Zero to kind of get me through the podcast, uh, keep me company. The uh, Things I want to mention news-wise, I don't want to spend a lot of time this week because doing a full commentary episode does take a while. Uh, let's talk about the Star Trek movie. Uh, pretty much been cast. Uh, as uh, I think I mentioned last time, uh, Chris Pine, this young actor who's done a few movies and things, uh, he has been officially signed to play the role of Captain James T. Kirk 
and the Star Trek movie just being called Star Trek that's due out uh, Christmas Day 2008. Uh, I think he'll do a good job. I, I've seen him in a few uh, movies, and he has the, the look, I think, uh, of Kirk. Uh, he's uh, in his mid-20s, I think 26 or so, uh, so it fits in with uh, Zachary Quinto as Spock, and they've also signed uh, Dr. McCoy up, uh, who is being played by uh, a Kiwi actor who was also in Lord of the Rings films. He's being played by, what's his name, his first name? I always think it's Keith or Carl. It's Carl. Carl Urban is Urbane. I don't know how you say it. Is it Urban? I don't know. U-R-B-A-N. He's playing Dr. McCoy, uh, which uh, he's got a similar look facial-wise. I-, I think he's a little bigger than McCoy ever was. He's kind of a, uh, a a big guy in general. But, you know, that you know, we'll just see how it all works out. I think that'll work okay. Uh, I was kind of hoping still uh, for a few different actors that they'd been looking at or been rumored before for... Uh, for McCoy and for Scotty and all that. But basically all the principals have been cast. Uh, they got a bad guy, Eric Bana, cast. And the other rumor that was floating around that kind of got shot down this week that uh, that they had finally agreed and William Shatner had agreed to play a, a Kirk uh, cameo of some type in the film. And I guess that's been shot down by none other than William Shatner himself on his little Shatner vi- vision uh video blog that he does every once in a while. Hey, why don't I just play a little bit of it for you right now, and you can hear uh, hear from the chat himself about this movie uh, news, or non-news at least. I don't really have anything to do with Star Trek. <laughs> I feel like... They, they say, whoever they are, that you you have a cameo role. Well, that in comes this, as news Is that to me. true? No, not, not as far as it I It says know. right here. I don't do You cameos. will play a small part in the forthcoming sci-fi Where did it say prequel. That? Where, who said that? Who said that? Hollywood.com. Hollywood.com. No. Said that. I, they, I, they're lying to us? I, 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 uh, I don't... Where are I, they getting their information? I don't know where they're getting their information. It's not from me. Because I've not, not been offered or even suggested or even... The word has not come down. Really? Not at all. And, and a cameo, I can't imagine what I would do as a cameo. Yeah, so there uh, there you have it, right from the Shatman himself, uh, William Shatner kind of uh, putting the kibosh and, and dispelling any rumors that he's going to be in the new Star Trek movie that they're going to uh, start filming next month. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of sad that this keeps going back and forth, you know, that they, they're saying they talked to him and they did or they didn't or who knows what. Uh, I have a feeling that William Shatner does not want to be in the movie unless the part that he's going to be playing, you know, the the Kirk, older Kirk part, would be uh, of significant importance to the film. I have a feeling he doesn't just do, you know, want to do a little walk-on or cameo, like they say in that clip that you heard, which I can understand. You know, he's kind of, you know, he does that Boston Legal TV show. I think Leonard Nimoy has, uh, from what I know, he has a fairly substantial role in the movie. So I can understand him being in there. Uh, if they just pulled William Shatner in to do, you know, a line or two and, you know, a minute or two of shooting or a film and, and that was it, I'm not so sure that's really that necessary. Uh, it would be kind of nice if he was in there, you know, for the fans. But, you know, I can understand that if they just are trying to work him in just to work him in and, and probably have to pay him a big chunk of money, but he's not really integral to the story, then I think it would be kind of a waste. So at least that's my view. 
On other uh, the Star Trek news and information, they have added a second night to this special, uh, the Menagerie high-def uh, version they're going to show in movie theaters. It's going to be showing on not just November 13th, but also on November 15th. Uh, there will be a link again in the podcast notes about this. I, I've already got my tickets pre-ordered. Uh, found out it was cost a couple more dollars than your average movie-going uh, ticket, just to let people know. But I still think it, you know, it'll be worth it to see this uh, high-def version of the Menagerie on the big screen. And they were going to have this behind-the-scenes stuff about remastering these and adding new effects to the episodes. So I'm looking forward to it quite a bit. Uh, again, that's only a couple weeks. Well, maybe about three or four weeks away now. Again, November 13th and 15th. Hey, everyone. This is Scott Johnson from the Extra Life Radio Show. You're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with my friend Rico. I've got uh, one last bit of business to uh, to get through uh, before we get into the episode discussion, and that and that is there was a member only uh, forum member only contest on the Treks in Sci Fi forums, and uh, basically I had people do uh, put up pictures of them doing something sort of in, in a geeky way. It could be them in a costume, them uh, you know whatever, you know, doing the Vulcan hand salute, whatever. So I had a few uh, people post up some photos. I've got their names here uh, on a piece of paper with some numbers associated with it. And like I normally do, I'm just randomizing it. I've got uh, one of my old uh, dice from my dice bag, uh, or die, for, I guess it is. Anyway, I'm going to roll this. And it looks like the it's the number one on the list, which is Picard, who uh, put up uh, a picture, I think it was, he was in like an Obi-Wan costume for Halloween, I think it was one year. Picard, you are the winner on the member-only forum contest of a couple action figures. So send me your email information, or send me via email, I should say. Send me your address and all that, and I'll get those action figures out to you. And uh, congratulations. Okay, I'm going to take a very short break. And then we'll come back in and get right into uh, Sins of the Father, the TNG episode. I'm going to play during this break another uh, kind of B-movie sort of trailer and cool a little bit of uh, audio from uh, an old 1950s sci-fi B-movie. So listen to this, and I'll be right back. cosmic ray, the Earth is invaded by indestructible moon monsters. Their ghastly mission, death for all humans. What astounding technical developments are being made to protect mankind? Robot Monster brings you an actual preview of the devastating forces of our future. Unsuspected revelations of incredible horrors that will terrify you with their brutal reality. There is no escape from me. Very well. I will recalculate. Your death will be indescribable. Fool humans, there is no escape.
that was uh, from uh, uh, old B movie called Moon Monsters. It's just hilarious to hear some of this stuff. Uh, really enjoying it, and look for more of that in the coming weeks. And now let's get right into Sins of the Father. Captain's log, stardate four three six eight five point two. As part of an exchange program, we are taking aboard a Klingon officer to return the recent visit of Commander Riker to the cruiser Pach. We must take care that while he's with us, Commander Kern is accorded all the rights and responsibilities due to a first officer on board this ship. If he should feel patronized in well, any I'm way... I'm sure we'd know. One does not patronize a Klingon warrior. Your experience on board the Pach will prove invaluable during the commander's tour. Be sure the crew are prepared for any unusual yeah, of orders. Course, uh, the Klingons Riker, are very uh, thorough. Had some sure uh, experience serving aboard a Klingon vessel, so that'll come into play a little in this episode. Commander Kern is ready for transport, Captain. Energize. Welcome aboard the Enterprise, Commander. I'm Captain Picard. This is Commander William Riker. He will be yielding the first officer's position to you during your tour. You are relieved. May I take my station, sir? I thought I might show you to your quarters first. I am ready for duty, sir. I ask that I be allowed to take my station. Very well. You will accompany us to the bridge. This uh, actor is uh, Tony Todd I playing am Kern. Kern. Commander Rank, Klingon Defense Force. You will address me as Commander or Sir at all times. I am fully aware of all Starfleet regulations, and they will be strictly adhered to by all personnel while I am in command. It is my intention to bring a sense of discipline that you may not be accustomed to. With your permission, of course, Captain. Oh, by all means, Commander. I have studied all of your Starfleet records. Impressive. We shall see if you live up to your reputations. Do you wish to speak? Ensign Wesley Crusher. No, sir. Commander, sir. The crew <laughs> awaits your orders. Acting Ensign, getting in trouble. Then take us to the outer cometary cloud, Commander. Set course 114 Mark 230. One third impulse power. Aye, sir. Execute. Engaged. Increasing to one-third impulse power, sir. You know, the funny thing in that uh, first scene there where he's taking over for Riker, Riker's still on the bridge with Picard, so I, I guess that makes sense for the transition. Anyway, Sins of the Father, this was, uh, let's see, production episode number 165. It aired first the week of uh, March 19th, 1990, so 17, you know, a little more than 17 years ago. This uh, is directed by Les Landau. Now, Les did quite a few next-gen episodes, uh, a very seasoned director for the show. To seek out new life and new civilizations... The original uh, teleplay for this is a guy named, uh, by a guy named Drew 
Dehan, Dehan, D-E-I-G-H-A-N. Uh, but the teleplay uh, was written by Ronald D. Moore and W. Reed Morgan. Ron Moore, of course, worked uh, and got a lot of his writing uh, skills and chops done on TNG. And, of course, he's now uh, one of the head guys on the new Battlestar Galactica. It's hard to remember when, uh, you know, Next Gen was on each week. You had a new episode to look forward to. It's uh, it's one of the things, you know, when Enterprise left the airwaves that I miss each week, we still don't get any new Star Trek. Uh, I'm really, you know, I've got high hopes that the movie does well and it leads to some type of new Star Trek series in the next few years. I, I think we'll get it. Okay, get into uh, the episode now. Now we're into uh, 10 forward, where, uh, of course, everyone goes to have a little drink of Synthahol. No, sir. Or in uh, Worf's case, prune juice, right? He just doesn't seem to like me. I can't do anything right for him. Every time I respond to an order, he jumps down my throat. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Problem, Jordy? Yes, sir. It's our new first officer. I take it he found something wrong with engineering. Just the entire section. He pulled a surprise inspection in the middle of a maintenance cycle. I tried to explain it to him, but... But he wouldn't listen. We're all going to be doing double shifts down there just to get ready for the next inspection. <sighs> His style of command is just different. Klingons believe in obedience and a strict formality of command. Yeah, but this isn't a Klingon vessel. He's going to have to loosen up, Commander. And it's not just us. He's been leaning into everybody pretty hard. Except, except the one guy who wouldn't really mind it. Sensors picking up asteroidal debris ahead, Commander. Can you identify the coordinates, Mr. Ward? Bearing 001, mark point 03, range 300,000 kilometers. Excellent. Now, uh, scan the asteroid Tony Todd uh, is an interesting uh, actor. He's really shows up uh, in Trek uh, for a number of times. Objects. He also is a big path, Trek sir. fan in real so life. no course correction is necessary. Is that what you are saying? It should not be needed, sir. Very good, Lieutenant. You handled that well. Yes. Yeah, Michael Dorn's not, uh, or Worf, uh, or Michael Dorn's acting is, is really good in this episode. He's giving that guy a look like he'd want to just tear him apart. Commander! Captain's mess? Yes. Resume. Your knowledge of our systems and procedures is very impressive. Sir. I would like to make one suggestion, sir. A suggestion? When I served aboard the PA, the hardest part for me was recognizing and adapting to the demands of the crew. They needed an iron hand. I imagine it must be very difficult for you to work with a crew that is so different. I would be happy to guide you in that regard, if it would be helpful. No, Commander. It wouldn't. This is not a Klingon ship, sir. No, Commander, it is not. 
If it were a Klingon ship, I would have killed you for offering your suggestion. How long has this bird been dead? It appears to have been lying in the sun for quite some time. Well, it, it's not dead, it's been replicated, and you do understand that we cook most of our foods. <sighs> yes, I was told to prepare for that. I shall try some of your burned, replicated bird meat. <laughs> I've attempted to select a menu that will allow you to sample a variety of dishes, Commander. Uh, this cracks try me some up. caviar. Caviar. <laughs> Even I don't like that smell. <sighs> the order is not palatable. What is it? The unhatched eggs of a large scaleless... Data, data. A fish, Commander. A delicacy from the Caspian Sea on Earth. It's a favorite of mine. Our replicator has never done it justice, but I have managed to store a few cases for special occasions. I, I am honored, Captain. Yeah, this is kind of a neat scene. You don't usually see them all eating together like this. Uh, Are you adjusting to your new environment, Commander? Mess. I find the constraints a bit difficult to conform to. They usually are at just a uh, short while know, ago. In, I had to stop myself from killing Commander Riker. <laughs> I believe he was trying to communicate the crew's sense of discomfort with my style of command. Under normal circumstances, I would consider that a challenge to my authority. One of the aims of the exchange program, Commander, is for us all to learn tolerance. As for my crew, it may be healthy to shake up the status quo occasionally. The Commander certainly appears to have the crew on its toes, sir. They have the very and weird, some. weirdest forks no that they eat with. Sir. None taken. They I never like kill anyone at the forks. supper table, Mr. LaForge. <laughs> Don't you like it, Commander? Our food is much more taste to it. While I'm sure this is well prepared, it is much too bland for the stomach of a Klingon. Seems to agree with Worf. Yes. Ah, uh, there's another one of those Worf looks. Of course, this is all leading up to a lot of other things in this episode, and Inter not the least of which is the fact that this guy is actually Worf's brother, of course. Permission to speak freely, sir. For what purpose? I have questions I wish to pose. Are your quarters so comfortable? They serve me. This entire ship seems built on comfort, relaxation, being at ease. It is not the ship of a warrior, not the ship of a Klingon. You cannot ask these questions within the boundaries of protocol. They are of a personal nature, sir. Permission granted. Pose your questions. Really uh, expanded the Klingon knowledge and arc and everything we if knew about them in TNG. Did a great job. Perhaps I have not performed my duties to your satisfaction. 
find you to be a capable Starfleet officer, a credit to your ship. Yet you dishonor me at every opportunity. Have I? I did not know that being polite to a Starfleet officer would bring dishonor to him. I am a Klingon. Really? Perhaps your blood has thinned in this environment. I simply didn't want to hurt you. So your blood is not so thin after all. I am a Klingon. If you doubt it, a demonstration can be arranged. That is the response of a Klingon. The response I would expect. My older brother. I was barely a year old when you left for the Kittimer outpost. You, our mother and father, were not going to stay long. It was decided that I did not need to go. I was left to stay with our father's friend, Lorg, until your return. You never did. The Starfleet officer that rescued me was told by the Klingon High Command that I had no living relatives. They assumed that I was killed with the family at Kitimer. Lorg had no sons. He took me into his family. It was not until I reached the age of Ascension that I was told the truth. So you asked to serve aboard the Enterprise to watch me? It was an excellent opportunity to see what kind of Klingon you were, or if you were Klingon at all. Your deception offends me, brother. It should, but it was required. To satisfy your curiosity? No, much more. Real good, you are the uh, eldest son. Good stuff here. The These, challenge uh, is yours And, and it kind of works, you know, in terms of why challenge. he wouldn't know. The Klingon High Council has judged our father a traitor to the Empire. What are the allegations, Wolf? My father is accused of aiding and abetting the Romulan attack on the Kitamar outpost. The attack in which he himself was killed? But why now, after 20 years? I do not know, Captain. I will hear the evidence when I arrive. The charge has been made by Duras, the son of my father's greatest rival. Our family name will be disgraced for seven generations. It is my responsibility to clear his name or answer for his crimes. Answer for them. The family of a Klingon warrior is responsible for his actions, and he is responsible for theirs. If I fail in my challenge, I will be executed. Will you grant my leave, Captain? Well, that's uh, a little no. tricky. With I understand the, correctly. As far as that. A Starfleet officer, a respected member of my crew, could be accused of a capital crime. Your actions in this matter will reflect on this ship and on the Federation. Therefore, it seems only appropriate that your captain should be at your side while you make your challenge. I'm sure you would do no less for me. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Picard wants Honda to Kern. stand by war. Sir, we're changing course. Set coordinates for the first city of the Klingon Imperial Empire. It's a big, uh... 
thing about this uh, this episode is really the first time you get to see the Klingon, Klingon homeworld and get the really into the culture of the society in Star Trek history. We arrived within the hour. Yes, the council will receive you at High Sun in the Great Hall of... I know the procedure for the challenge. You'll need a chadich to defend you. While you are accused, you will not be allowed combat. I would be honored if you chose me. I ask you to stand with me, to be my chadich. Jalaznesh. Gijket Jagmija. The two sons of Mog. Together, you will restore the family honor. No. For the proceedings, you will not reveal your true father. This episode is also uh, a place where you get to hear a lot of Klingon for the first time. That last phrase that Gijgajami or whatever is supposed to mean, I accept with honor, may your enemies run with fear. On this ship, you are my commander, and I obey. In council chambers, you are my Chadich. You do not insist. You obey. One thing I find a little interesting is they just get to cruise right on to the Klingon homeworld, uh, no escort. You know, the Federation and the Klingons at this point in time in TNG history, of course, are, are allies, but yeah, you'd think a ship would come along, you know, just to say hi and, and then that. I don't think they still visit each other very often at this point in time. Just some thoughts. Uh, now you've—they've uh, reached Chronos, uh, I guess. set is pretty interesting, uh, very dark. Uh, I am Worf, son of Moog. I have come to challenge the lies that have been spoken of my father. It reminds and, and is a lot like the set that they used to uh, put on trial Dr. McCoy and Kirk in Star Trek VI, Worf, The Undiscovered son Country. Of you challenge the judgment of the council. Are you prepared to answer for this if you fail? Yes! With my life! Why do you come before us, Commander? I am Kurd, son of Lorg. I will stand by Worf's side. I am Chadich. The uh, head Klingon guy here, uh, Kim Peck, is played by Charles Cooper, who was also that... Uh, playing on cord in you Star Trek V, the Final Frontier movie. I have not forsaken my heritage. I am Klingon. My heart is of this world. My blood is as yours. Yet, you come to us wearing a child's uniform. And you bring outsiders to our great hall. I am here at my own request. I am Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Enterprise. Your words mean nothing here. Duras, let him speak. 
Lieutenant Worf has served under my command with distinction. He has earned my admiration and my respect. It is my greatest wish that this council, in its wisdom, will clear his family name and return him to duty. The trust of a commanding officer is admirable. The council has noted it. Speak the accusation. Yeah, Patrick Stewart really does a great job Kittimer there with that. At Lane Dormant. He uh, has Unknown. the kind of voice that carries and, and fills the council now chamber, the so they've got to listen to him. The traitor Morg sent the defense access codes to the Romulan patrol ships, allowing them to destroy the outpost. Thousands died on Kittimer. Yeah, including the guy that they're My accusing. My father died on Kittimer. <laughs> this kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. Their deaths must be avenged. Your father was a traitor. This is uh, Duras. The first time we get to see him, he's uh, played by an actor named Patrick Massette. You are a traitor. So he just took a swing at Worf, and Worf has got to just kind of stand there right now and take it. Pulled off his little uh, Klingon sash. You will not wear the emblems of our people. You are a fool, and your challenge can only result in a fool's death. It is a good day to die, Doris, but the day is not yet over. Council stands in recess. We will return for the Mechbar. The evidence will be presented. Kapla. Mr. Data, find out everything you can about the destruction of the Kitama outpost. Cross-reference with Romulan tactics and strategic information on the region, and request access to the Klingon Central Information Net. Computer, presentation overview of Klingon custom and law pertaining to familial accountability. Accessing. In my ready room. Worf! I would speak with you. Alone. So Kim Peck is going to talk to Worf here privately. It's a little unusual, I think, for that to happen. You should not have brought the challenge. There was no risk to you. What does it matter? I am Klingon. Of that I have no question. But your life in the Federation would not be affected by this judgment. My father is dead. He died long ago. I knew your father served with him. This is not how I wanted to remember him. We must let the past be and protect what we have now. If you leave before the magma, no shame will come upon you. Return to your ship. Go back 
to your life. The challenge will be forgotten. Why would you ask me to lay aside the honor of my father? My family? Yeah, Are these the words unusual. of the council? I will not be questioned by you. Leave. Now. Or you too will be condemned as a traitor. What Federation starship was the closest to the Kittimer at the time of the attack? The USS Intrepid was the first ship on the scene, sir. Contact Starfleet. Request all logs of the Intrepid. Riker to Dr. Crusher. Crusher here. I want you to look over the medical records from all the rescue vessels that responded to the Kitamar massacre. See if there's any information in the aftermath that might help us. Understood. I should have known. Worf was right. It is a good day to die. The time has not yet come. It does not have to come from any turns. I know who you are, Kern. Son of Mo. What? It was a wise choice to hide your family name. So Duras and Do not uh, err now by embracing Kern it again. Going at it. For you only embrace death. We shall see. Worf has made a choice and he will die for it. You can still be safe. Let him stand alone. He is my brother. I will not betray him! And you will die for him! Couple of other Klingons, Duras doesn't fight here, he sends in others. Kern took a uh, pretty bad uh, knife wound. What kind of a weapon makes a vicious wound like that? It is a cutluch, the ceremonial weapon of an assassin. Fortunately, his metabolic recovery is phenomenal. He will be all right. It does not matter. We should have let him die. Now that Duras knows his bloodlines, we will both be executed. You sound like you've already lost, Worf. Commander, I have discovered the basis of the charges against Worf's father. Apparently, the Klingons recently captured a Romulan ship with logs that provided new information on the Kittimer attack. Sounds they kind clearly of, uh, indicate convenient. a transmission from the outpost to the Romulan ship moments before the shields went down. From Worf's father? They do correspond to Moog's personal security code. How can we be sure those records haven't been falsified? Well, we can cross-check them against the Intrepid sensor logs. I will try. But the Intrepid was at the edge of sensor range during the attack, and we cannot be certain if the scan was complete. Looks like a pretty good matchup data. Both the Intrepid and the Romulan logs show a series of distress signals from Kitimer. What happened there? Those are gaps in the Intrepid's logs, missing information due to the range. That is where Moog's alleged transmission should be. Right in the middle of the gap? Wait a second, Data. Back up. Just before the Intrepid's gap begins, the time base on both files are in perfect sync. But look. 
Look at what happens to the signal after the shields are dropped. They are no longer synchronous. Commander, somebody's been rewriting history. I do not pretend to fully understand the nuances of your world's law and culture, Lieutenant. But I do understand when someone is trying to hide something. So, yes, the logs Kempec have been modified, and of course, it's not Worf's father that's the honor. guilty party here. It was impossible to believe I was hearing a Klingon speak. Obviously, they did not expect and never wanted this challenge. You're getting close to something, Lieutenant. Something they care a great deal about protecting. If it is true, it is not just Doris. But the High Council itself that is my enemy. Yeah, they're uh, figuring it out pretty well. I must choose another chart teach. I would like your permission to ask one of the crew. Well, of course, Lieutenant. Choose whomever you wish. Then I would ask you to stand with me. You may refuse with no dishonor. Thank you, Lieutenant. I appreciate the gesture, but I know that there are stronger and younger men from whom to choose. I can think of no one I would rather have at my side. Jilajnesh. Jeech Ket Jagmijaj. I accept. Yeah, so that's the same phrase that Kern used, of course. I accept with honor, may your enemies run with fear. It's, uh, you know, the, the Klingon language that they've created uh, throughout the series is really rich. And uh, linguist Mark Okrand has uh, published, I think, a couple My of books at least on it. Uh, really done a great job with that. No threats, no treachery will stop it. Not even a trap set for my chadich by a coward. Yes. Well, not your lies. I'm a son of a traitor. Keep your place, Picard. This is my place. He is now my chadich. This is not your world, human. You do not command here. I'm not here to command. Then you must be ready to fight. Something... Starfleet does not teach you. You may test that assumption at your convenience. <laughs> yeah, Picard can, uh, you know, he can, he can fight pretty well. He does it in quite a few episodes, and this is a uh, a good uh, good demonstration. He doesn't back down either. Which I've got is... something. What Worf, Worf was not the only survivor of the Kittimer Massacre. Another child? No. A Klingon woman was found with Worf. K-Lest. Who was she? I don't know. But the report said she was severely injured, was transferred to Starbase 24 for treatment. That was when she was separated from Worf. And after her recovery, she returned home. We've got to find her if she's still alive. Data, scan the Klingon central net. See if there's any record of her. Yeah, that's k with a T at the end, not k the, the head, or big, big shot Klingon from history. The record clearly shows the Romulan patrol ship receiving a personal transmission from Moog seconds before the shields fell. Riker to Captain Picard. Stand by. The Kittimer commander noted in his log that Moog had been acting suspiciously. Go ahead, number one. We located another survivor of the Kittimer Massacre, a woman who was found with Worf. Her name is Kaylest. 
She resides in the old quarter of the first city. Hold on. The card out. Another witness testified that Moog often spoke of his admiration for the Romulans. Their culture, their women. Moog betrayed us, and 4,000 Klingons died on Kitamar. Only the son of Moog survived. Get back. May we have a short recess? Then march. Have you heard of a woman called Kalest? She was my Ajmark, my nurse. Then it's possible she was an eyewitness to your father's activities on Kitama. But she died in the attack. No, she survived. She's living in the old quarter. I'm going to find her. It is too dangerous. You must not go alone. Hey, I'm your child, Ditch. <laughs> Seems like they could just, like, beam her up or use some kind of communication thing, but, you know, it's more interesting this way, I guess. I always find it kind of interesting, you know, the Klingons, they're still, you know, technologically as advanced as the Federation, starships, and warp drive and all, but, you know, they kind of live uh, fairly primitively still. Okay, listen. What do you want? Your help. No. Picard's in a little robe here trying to disguise himself uh, and hide in the shadows more. Watch, Adish. I know. And you also know that Worf's life is at stake. I cannot help. I am dead. A long time dead. Were you with Worf's father just before the attack on Kittum? No. My life ended on Kitama. I served a proud family, a strong house. All that is gone. Worf is not gone. The family you serve need you again. I cannot help. This uh, episode, you know, is, is a lot this about father, family, Trenton. honor, uh, discipline, no. and, and putting yourself... Uh, you know, Mog sort of behind the, the, the greater good. Mog suspected someone of plotting with the Romulans and followed them to Kitama. Who? Who was the traitor? I do not know. Then we have no way to prove Morg's innocence. And Worf will die as the son of a traitor. You must leave now, Chadish. I am dead. Don't see a lot of uh, older Klingon women that they use in these uh, episodes at all. That's uh, the actress's name is Thelma Lee. Of course, Picard here attacked by two different Klingons with knives. He got one of them down. Now he's a, he's a little in trouble. But somebody comes up from behind. 
My appreciation, madam. You are brave, Chadish. Orf chose well. Kellest, would they recognize you? Would they know who you are? Kim Peck would remember Kellest. I caught his eye back then. But he was too fat. <laughs> Come back with me. They won't know how much you know. It may shake loose the truth. I will come. The evidence is clear. I would ask that the judgment stand. Let Worf be condemned as a son of a traitor to the Empire. Yeah, yeah, Worf, yeah. Son of Morg. The judgment of. Get back! The McVeigh is not complete. I bring an eyewitness to the Ketoma massacre. One who has new evidence, Kimpek. What is it you think you know, old woman? Do not answer. It is the rules of the Makba that evidence be presented in open council. She will die before she gives evidence. Be silent, Doris. You kill an old woman to cover your dishonor. Yes. It is your dishonor we are protecting here. Isn't it, Duras? I have no reluctance to kill you, human. Are you prepared to hear her evidence in open council? Obviously, we would not. Gillest, you can go now. It is good to see you again. You are still fat, Kimpek. <laughs> yes, he is. He's a big Klingon. He's a big boy. Oh, I asked you good to boy. leave, to let this challenge go unanswered. But you did not hear my words. And now it's come to this. Why did you judge my father guilty when you knew he was not? Someone had to be blamed. The warriors who captured the Romulan ship had learned of the treachery. But only the council knew whose security code had been transmitted. Jorad. Father. Joras. This Habitar should have been fed to the dogs! His family is powerful. If the truth were known, it would shatter the council. Most certainly plunge us into civil war. You were in the Starfleet. We did not expect you to challenge the judgment. Nor did we know there was another son of Maul. Yeah, so it, uh, you challenge know, is successful. If your family is powerful the enough, you get to get out of things, it looks like. Which uh, is fairly true, unfortunately, sometimes. understand. His challenge was defeated before he ever made it. You will not be allowed to present this evidence. The judgment stands. You will be condemned. So will your brother. There is no other way now. 
you admit the truth and yet expect him to accept punishment? What does this say of an empire who holds honor so dear? The empire will not be destroyed for one family's honor. Unacceptable, Kempok! You have no say in this, Chadich! I speak now as the captain of the USS Enterprise and Lieutenant Worf's commanding officer. You will not execute a member of my crew, nor will I turn his brother over to you. This is not the Federation, Picard. If you defy an order of the High Council, the Alliance with the Federation could fall to dust. The Alliance of the Federation is not based on lies, Kempok. Protect your secrets if you must, but you will not sacrifice these men. I will die for the Empire. Lieutenant! The challenge will be silent! Allow my brother to return to his life. Only you need know his true bloodline. Not acceptable. His honor would demand revenge. If you allow him to live, I will give you something that will serve your purpose far more than my death. I will accept discommodation. You would do this in open council. It would be the same as admitting your father's guilt, Worf. So be it. Your heart it's a big, uh, is clean now. It's a big step. It will be done. He's basically saying he... Uh, what has be been said here... ...branded and an outcast... ...will never be spoken of again. For a uh, Klingon, that's tough. You are the son of a traitor. Now I am ready. You know, Worf would, uh, he'd Why rather he die than, than become dishonored like this. I was prepared to die. Worf wants you to live. The name of your father must someday be cleared. He needs you alive with your honor intact. But to do this... There will be another day, Commander. And yes, there will. Do not forget what he does here today. Do not let your children forget. Now they're all uh, a circle of Klingons have gathered around in the council chamber, uh, and they're circling around Worf. George, They all basically cross their arms and turn away from Worf, turning their backs on him. 
so he's basically a, a non-Klingon to them. He you doesn't exist. Also, brother. is still at his side, and this story is not over by a long shot, but it's continued in uh, later episodes, later seasons of Next Gen. And now Picard and Worf walk off. And there you go. Sins of the Father. Really cool episode. A lot of information about the Klingons, about Worf, about his family. Uh, and I remember when I saw this the first time, it was it was very impressive to me how how much depth they gave the Klingons in just this single episode, compared to all the you know years and seasons of other episodes they had done up and through. You know the original series, they didn't really you know Klingons were the bad guys there, and until the third season of. TNG, you know, you had a Klingon, you had Worf on the bridge of the Enterprise, but that was about it. We didn't know that much about where they had gotten to as a culture and the alliance with the Federation and this whole thing with the Kittimer and the massacre there by the Romulans. Really uh, interesting stuff. Great episode. Uh, Enjoyed talking about it. And uh, I'm going to take a very sharp break and be back with a collectible talk. Hi, this is Rick. And this is Nathan. And this is, is the, the Father, Father and Son, Son Review. Rico, thank you so much for reviewing Sins of the Father, one of the best TNG episodes out there, and for a lot of different reasons. Do you remember this one, Nathan? A little bit more now. Yeah, because we talked about it a little bit beforehand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, Sins of the Father, basically, uh, as, as I'm sure we've heard from Rico already, uh, was the episode where Worf... Um, goes to the Klingon homeworld because his brother Kern comes to the exchange program to the Enterprise quote, to be quote, an officer. Comes to the exchange program. Yeah. I don't think he really wanted to. I don't think so either. But he kind of gave Worf a bad time. Remember one of my favorite scenes in it was when they're eating food together with the with the whole officers in the in the lounge there, and uh, Kern comes up and goes, looks and says, "I will try some of your." Burned replicator meat or something like that. Was it replicated bird meat? Bird meat, yeah. With, yeah. And then he tries caviar and stuff. And he goes, "Ooh, the odor is distasteful," or something like that. And it is. <laughs> what does Data say? I can't remember. It is the. It is the something of the. Uh, I don't know. Uncooked. Uncooked. Yeah, something. Anyway, it was great. But anyway, that was a, a great episode because of a lot of the Klingon stuff was set up for f- a lot of the future episodes with Worf receiving the discommendation for uh, saving the Council's butt is what he really did, the Klingon co- High co- uh, Command. He saved their back ends because he received discommendation when Duras, the guy that was really kind of spearheading this whole thing, is really his father that had betrayed um, his people to the Romulans. And you know, the reason they didn't want to to have any problems because they don't want the council to get re whatever made again remember oh yeah what was that called I can't remember what it was called yeah well we're doing really good on this episode aren't we anyway I thought it was a great episode some cool trivia facts um, if you watch the episode when they're in the the, the Klingon Hall of Warriors um, they shoot the whole entire scenes forward and then you see the back of the hall. That's actually the same set redressed. So they filmed everything looking forward. Then they redressed the set and filmed everything looking backwards. 
when they did the filming. Saved money thought, on sets that way. Yeah, they saved money on sets, and it looked big, and it was cool looking. Great sets, awesome stuff. Uh, we get to see Kim Peck there, and we, of course, see him later on, and that was kind of fun. You are fat. Oh, I remember that lady? The, uh, Picard is the Chadis or something Still like that. Pat? And yeah, and he, they, he goes and gets that one witness, the uh, wharf's nanny or something like that, and she says, you know, "Kim picks it. Is this nice to see you again?" And she says, "You are still fat." That's one of my favorite lines from that one. I use it frequently when I look in the mirror. I think you should um, do a poem or something. You oh, you, I didn't make a poem for this one though. Who needs to make one? You want me to make one up on the spot? Mm-hmm. All right, I'll try. Okay, here we go. You ready? Um, let's see. This is how it happens in my mind when I'm thinking it. Give me a little inspiration. Okay, ready? You ready? Um, um, when the Klingons came to the Enterprise, it was good relations that they wanted to foster. That didn't even rhyme. No, no, no it will. It will. <laughs> so, they sent a guy named Kern who turned out to be an imposter. <laughs> I think that's as far as we're going to go. He hated Worf with a passion, and he told everyone that he did. And at the banquet, he even ate burnt replicated bird meat and then found out that his father had another kid. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're not doing any more poems on the spot because this is really bad. Okay, anyway, I really enjoyed Sins of the Father, one of the best Klingon episodes, really set up a lot of cool things in the future. I'm going to give it, Nathan, you ready? I'm giving it, drum roll. Four and a half stars. What's that sound effect? I don't even know what that was. I don't know. Four and a half stars. What do you give it? Um, I give it 4.4 stars. Oh, it's a little bit under mine. Just huh? a little bit. Just a little bit? Okay, well, kapla. Patak! <laughs> don't oh, cuss sorry. in Klingon, <laughs> you bad boy. Okay, anyway, um, thanks, Rico, for reviewing it. This is Rick. And this is Nathan. And this has been The The Father Father and Son Son Review. Well, thanks as always, guys, for that review. Uh, Yeah, good job on the the on-the-spot poem. I like that a lot. So thanks, guys. Uh, Appreciate your, uh, as always, cool commentary. For the collectible discussion here, uh, talk about something a little different, a little unique. Uh, A few years back, a couple, maybe three years ago, I I picked up, uh, I'm on this replica prop forum, and from time to time, different people make... uh, you know, sort of different and unique things that are not readily available uh, from different uh, properties, Star Trek, Star Wars, and so forth. Anyway, the this thing I want to talk about is a, a set of isolinear chips, kind of like a, that you see from time to time on TNG, Deep Space Nine, and so forth. These are basically uh, different sizes. There's four different ones that I got in this set and a little case that holds them. It's a very nice display. They are... Uh, different colors, and what it basically is is there's four different sizes of them that are plastic uh, kind of pieces of different colors and shapes and sizes that have silk screened onto the surface in silver, sort of a circuit diagram, and there's some letters and codes on them. Uh, the Probably the easiest way to, to get a feel for what these are like is to go to the collecting collection gallery. I'll link it in the show notes. And this is one item I do have up in the new collection gallery that I'm uh, transferring things over to. So you can take a look at these uh, isolated 
piece of linear chips there. Again, it's in a nice little box set. I've got a in a case, and uh, it, they're uh, really cool. They do make some of these. I think Star Trek The Experience in Las Vegas sells some of these uh, quite a bit more expensive than what I ended up having to, to pay. Uh, a cool little item uh, and something probably you could hand make yourself. Just get some different colored plastic. Uh, make a pattern and, and and spray on probably you know some silver to make a circuit diagram. Definitely something, or you could even use. I think they have, uh, you know, like stores like Michaels have press on uh, different color tape. You could use that to make it a circuitry. Uh, but a very neat little item and, and something a little unique in my collection. So a little set of isolinear chips, as seen on uh, TNG. Okay, folks, uh, that wraps it up. Uh, another uh, episode of Treks in Sci-Fi finished up, episode number 144, almost done. Next week uh, will be a couple of days before Halloween, and I keep kind of racking my brain. You know, Star Trek uh, and and that never really hit upon Halloween very much, uh, but I may do something a little different. I might, I might uh, do something along the lines of, you know, pick some of my favorite uh, horror-type movies and talk about those. I'm not sure yet, or I might just do Trek and talk about Halloween a little bit and, you know, that kind of thing. I haven't decided uh, for next week's episode, but uh, I will soon, and I'll post something up on the main site at treksinsci-fi.com. Always you can reach me at treksf at gmail.com or the voicemail line, 206 666127. And, uh, and be sure to check out the forum. Got a lot of cool things going on there. Like we just had a recent member only, forum member only contest. Got the RPG game. Lots of cool people there. Check it out uh, when you get a chance. And until next time, I'm just going to say live long and prosper and uh, get those tickets ordered for the menagerie in theaters. It's going to be a lot of fun. Talk to you later. Bye bye. This has been a Rick Dosty podcast production. You said don't talk fast, and that's how you show excitement. All right, talk a little faster. Okay. This has been a Rick Dosty podcast production. This podcast, copyright 2007, all rights reserved.